Welcome to our Victory Outreach Boston podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. The Bible says this, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they, sh- and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Jump down to verse 11 with me. The Bible continues. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press. Somebody say, he was in a wine press. Gideon, son of Joash, threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And this was Gideon's response. He says, we're almost done. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And this, this morning, I want to speak on a message I've entitled, Out of the Wine Press. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, just grateful to be gathered here as a body. Lord, as a church family, I pray that you would just speak to our lives this morning, God, that you would... Lord, just allow your word to just uh, find root within our hearts, God. Lord, that you would speak to every single uh, member, Lord, every individual that's come here this morning. I pray that your word will be uh, understood with simplicity, God, that it would carry the authority that it has, Father, uh, and, and just find good root, good soil within our heart. We thank you, and we love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we all say... Amen, amen. You guys can take your seats this morning, church. You know, church, uh, the past few weeks we've been uh, talking about, as, you know, as we've entered into this new year, we've been talking all about uh, how we're really believing for breakthrough as a church. We're really believing for breakthrough. We're, 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 we've, been, we've been talking about how we want to see us all as, as individuals, as, as families, and as a church body overall, how we want to see us all be in perfect alignment with what God has for our lives, right? And like Pastor Eric shared last week, to, to leave the past behind and, and to really move forward in the things of God. 
But you know, when it, when it comes to really moving forward, I was thinking about this this past week. Sometimes we, uh, as a, uh, we can come to church, we as people, we can come to church, we can hear the word of God being preached, right? We can, uh, we can sometimes get excited, we get stirred up, we say the hallelujahs, we, we say amen, and, and we, we, we get excited for what God wants to do oftentimes, but you know, when the rubber really meets the road in our lives and, and when, when it comes time for action, for us to take within our lives, sometimes we come to God with our excuses. We come to God with different excuses. We can sometimes doubt, begin to doubt the word of God, and then we come to an excuse for why, uh, why God can't use us or why God can't move in a certain way. Right? Doubts and excuses. Somebody say, oh, no. And, you know, I've heard it said like this, a very eloquent uh, phrase I've heard. Brace yourselves, church. I've heard it said that excuses, they're like armpits. Everybody has them, and they all stink. Uh, anonymous. I don't know who's, who, who, who came up with that. We all have excuses sometimes. Just like armpits, they all stink. See, because oftentimes when we sense God, God is showing us things, we, we sense that God's calling us to, to do something or, or to take action in a certain area, maybe to, to step out in a particular area of our lives. Uh, we sense God wanting to take us beyond just the, the status quo. And we say, well, God, that, you know, that, that sounds great. God, that sounds good, but I can't. And here's why. Excuses. Somebody say, I hope you left your excuse at home. Tell your neighbor, I hope you didn't bring your excuse to church this morning. And see, today, church, I want us to learn from the story of a man in the Bible here that we just, op- that we just read about. His name was Gideon. And in the book of Judges, uh, you know, the, the book of Judges comes right after the book of Joshua. And the Bible tells us in, in, uh, in Judges 2.10 that another generation rose up after the time of Joshua that did not know the Lord. The Bible says after that generation died, talking about Joshua's generation, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. And, you know, as was the, the Israelites' pattern, they would turn from God, they would commit all different types of sin, idolatry, uh, worshiping uh, all these different, different idols. When God had done so much for them, right, they would forsake God. They would turn to the things of, this, of, of their, their culture, the world. And the Bible tells, them that, uh, tells us that God would turn them over to their enemies. Over and over again, we see that the Israelites would commit idolatry, turn from God, and then they would suffer the consequences of their actions. There's a lesson for us there. Amen. But, and the Bible comes, we come here in Judges chapter 6, and the Bible says that the Israelites, they did evil in the sight of the Lord, and that God handed them over to the Midianites. The Bible tells us in that opening text we read that the Midianites, they had ravaged the land of Israel. And every time the Israelites would go to gather their crops, boom, they were taken away. The Bible says that they were reduced to starvation, So you can imagine the state of the Israelites at this time. 
They're, they were completely uh, just humiliated, uh, humiliated, embarrassed. Uh, their, uh, their whole livelihood, their, their food source was, was being stripped from them. They were really suffering as a result of their enemies, these Midianites. Their entire society, culture, uh, way of life was deteriorating right before their eyes. And see, it was in this time that once again, they would cry out to God for help. I mean, you know that when things get bad, oftentimes we just turn to God for help. I remember many times before I was really serving the Lord wholeheartedly, I would find myself in a bad situation. I would find myself in a bad predicament, and I would pray, God, somehow, if you could see me through this. God, somehow, if you could just please, like, have mercy on me. God, don't allow me to experience the result of, of what I, I rightfully deserve because of my actions. Kind of just get me through this one, right? We, we come to God with those type of prayers. So the Bible tells us that they cried out to the Lord for help. And then we see that the Bible tells us that an angel of the Lord came to this man named Gideon. God wanted to rescue Israel. And God chose this man named Gideon. And let's understand this together, that Gideon, he did not seem like an ideal candidate for what God wanted to do. Can somebody say amen to that? He didn't seem like an unlike, he didn't seem like a likely candidate for what God would have him do because Gideon was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press. And I know for many of us, we're probably thinking, what does that even mean? What's a wine press? Why was he, why was he threshing wheat there? A little bit of a different culture that we live in from today. We don't really grow our, too many of our own crops anymore. But, you know, threshing wheat was something that was supposed to be done in an open space, ideally in an area where there was a lot of wind, uh, maybe on top of a hill. That way the, the grain could be separated from the chaff. But Gideon, because of the circumstances that the Israelites were in, their crops were always being stripped from them, he was threshing this, the, the wheat at the bottom of a wine press, the Bible says. And so we understand from this that Gideon, he was basically in hiding, probably fearful, discouraged, feeling down on himself, maybe depressed because of his circumstance. But we see that the angel of the Lord comes, picks this man named Gideon, and, Gideon, and the angel of the Lord says to him, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. A different translation says, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Or mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. And see, this was a bit of a strange statement because Gideon appeared to be anything but a mighty hero or a mighty man of valor. A mighty warrior. See, because he, he was there in that wine press because the Israelites were under, were under attack. He was afraid, discouraged, intimidated. And he found himself at, at a low point in his life, a, a low point in this wine press when God called him. And let me just take a pause there for a moment. Man, I, I really appreciate that. I thank God that, you know, God steps into our situations, God will call us even at times when we're at low points in our lives. God will, will come and, and he'll step into our circumstance. He'll step into our situation. He says, I have a plan for you. Since my son, my daughter, for my honor, selected you, I've chosen you, and I want to use you for my honor and for my glory. Somebody give God some praise for that. 
See, and God had called Gideon at a low point, but he refused to leave him there. Gideon at this low point physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. See, but then that call came to his life. In Judges 6.14, the Bible tells us that God told Gideon, Gideon, I'm sending you. He chose Gideon. He says, I'm sending you. And what was Gideon's response at that? Was he all gun-ho? Was he full of passion? No, he said, God, if, if, you're, if you're with us, why have all these things happened to us? And then he says, God, you, you basically, you can't, uh, you can't use me. I'm the least of my, my, my tribe is, is the least. The tribe of Manasseh is the least. And in my family, I'm the least. Saying, I'm the least of the least. He would say, I'm the least of the least. But God, you want to use me? See, it's something we can see from Scripture right here that God wants to use simple people. You know, I believe many of us, we can struggle with feelings of inadequacy at times. Feeling inadequate. Feeling like we're not able to, to be this man or to be this woman that, that God would have us be. Feeling like maybe we don't deserve God's blessings. Maybe feel like, feeling like we don't deserve uh, 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 the things of God. That we could uh, never be used by God to do anything worthwhile in this life. But let me tell you, church, that's a lie from the pit of hell. We got to call out the devil's lies and say, no, no, no. Devil, that's not true. Right, and see, church, what God had to do was this to get in. He had to reveal to him his true identity. Who he reveals to us our true identity. God. And see, when God reveals to us our true identity, he does a few things. First, he, it, what that we can see from Scripture is that he enlightens us to who we really are. When God reveals to us our true identity, we're enlightened to who we really are. And see, church, if we're going to be all that God has called us to be, we have to learn to see ourselves as God sees us. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. To be able to see ourselves as we really are. See, because getting, he had this, this uh, mentality of, I'm the least of the least. God, why are you choosing me? God, why would you want to use me to rescue Israel? I'm, the, my, I'm the, from the least tribe. I'm the least in my family. And you know, sometimes I believe that we can all struggle with that type of mentality. I, we could call it the Gideon complex. <laughs> that low self-esteem, feeling like we can't do what God has called us to do, feeling like we can't be who God has called us to be. And sometimes, rightfully so, church, maybe... We came from backgrounds, possibly, where maybe you were abused. Maybe you went through trauma at some point in your life, uh, feeling like you could never amount to anything. Maybe somebody spoke uh, negative ab about you as you were growing up as a young person, as a child. Maybe you felt like you could never accomplish anything worthwhile in life. That type of Gideon complex. I'm the least of the least. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, the Bible tells us that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. You just go off on a tangent here for a moment. That's why it's so important what we speak over those who are around us. It's so important, parents who just dedicated your children, to speak life 
over your kids. It's so important for all of us, even if maybe we don't have children, it's, it's important we speak life over our families. Life, right? Speak life over our friends. It's important we speak life, right? Bible says in, I believe it's Proverbs 18, 21, that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. It's important what we speak because, see, many of us, maybe we've been impacted in that way. We felt that someone spoke uh, uh, bad about us. They, 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 they always told us that we would never be able to accomplish. Right? They say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. We could try to not let things affect us, but a young, easily influenced child could, could believe those things. A young, uh, uh, a young person could, could start to believe things that are spoken over them. And so we got to see, how do we get rid of that Gideon complex? How do we get rid of that mentality? We have to learn to see ourselves the way that Jesus sees us. See, in John 15, 15, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And see, one thing I, I love that we can see from the scripture uh, here with Gideon's story, that God didn't see Gideon as he was in that moment, but he saw Gideon as what he would become in his future. He didn't see Gideon what he, as what he was in current, uh, currently in the moment, but he saw what he was going to become in the future. He told Gideon, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. Gideon, you're a mighty hero, a mighty warrior, and I see you not as you see yourself. I see you not as the world sees you, but I see you as what you will become, a mighty man of valor. Somebody give God some praise for that. Man, I thank God that when God comes into our lives and we, we receive the word of God, we hear the word of God, we, we internalize the, uh, the, the word within our lives, we begin to see ourselves as who we really are. Our minds get enlightened to who we truly are in God. God says, you're a new creation, right? In Christ Jesus. If anyone's in Christ, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are made new. All things are made new. God says, you're my workmanship, created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good things that I've called you to do. He says, you're the apple of my eye. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're the lender, not the borrower. Come on, somebody. How many know we got to internalize God's word within our lives? To allow, to allow our minds to be enlightened to who we really are in the Lord. New creations with a new identity. And see, this was what, what happened to Gideon. This was the illuminating, the enlightening of his mind. See, but church, so often we can easily forget what God's word says about us. We can so easily forget what we read in our word, what we hear when we come to church, and we care more about what the world has to say. We could care more about what our friends have to say about us, what people are saying on Facebook or Instagram or social media, 
bunch of garbage anyways. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. But follow us on, on, on Instagram and Facebook. Amen. No. Social media is a good tool that can be used for good, but it could also be used for bad. See, we could find ourselves, church, in that wine press in our minds when we believe what the world has to say about us. We, find, we could find ourselves in that wine press in, in a dark place uh, when, when we don't but receive what the word has to say about us and we focus on what everyone else has to say about us. And we could easily find ourselves in the, that wine press, in that wine press of fear, in that wine press of discouragement, in that wine press of depression, right? In that wine press of inadequacy. See, but when God speaks his word over our lives and we receive it, we're enlightened forever. We're enlightened forever to the truth of God's word. Forget about what everyone else has to say. What does God say? about you and I. How many know, man, when you experience that enlightening moment in your life, man, it changes who you are completely. I remember growing up and not really feeling, always feeling that much confidence. And I remember growing up and, and, and kind of struggling and battling with self-esteem issues. But, you know, and it's been a, 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 a journey. It's been, a, 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 you know, in my walk with the Lord, it's there's been times where I've still had to battle. But when I internalize God's word, and when I internalize what God's word says about me, then I begin to think different. I begin to see uh, my, uh, that, that there's hope for my future. I begin to receive the, the true eternal word of God, and that aha moment comes, right? How many of you ever experienced that, that moment where you just, you feel like your life was just enlightened? When you really understood uh, the things of God for the first time, and it was just that enlightening moment, right? And we no longer just see our problems in life, but we learn to see our potential. When you re receive your true identity in the Lord, you're not only enlightened to the truth of God's word, you're enlightened, uh, excuse me, you're, you also find yourself enlisted in God's army. When you receive the identity in Christ, the identity that you and I truly have. We receive our true identity. Our minds are enlightened, and we see that God, he also enlists us into his army, just like he did Gideon. In verse 14, Judges 6, 14, he told Gideon, I'm sending you. I'm choosing you, Gideon. You're my chosen vessel to defeat these Midianites. You know, in the military, they enlist civilians into different branches of the military, right? It's funny, actually, two, two messages in a row. I've been talking about the military. Amen. The different branches of the military, right? The Navy, Air Force, Marines, um, the, Co uh, the National Guard, um, different branches, right? They enlist civilians into their ranks. They call them into a certain mission, and you know that in the spiritual sense, God does the same thing for you and I in our lives. When he calls us, he reveals our true identity to us. We find ourselves enlisted in the kingdom, enlisted in God's army. The word enlist, it means to enter into some cause 
or enterprise. To enter into some cause or enterprise. And you know, in the military uh, church, there are certain qualifications that a, an individual may, may need, right? You can't have a certain type of criminal background, right? You might have to have a certain, pass a certain physical fitness test. You probably have to run a mile in a certain amount of time. Probably, maybe it's changed, changed over the years with uh, dropping standards. Amen. But who, uh, we, there are all different types of uh, qualifications that an individual may need. But how many know that in the kingdom of God, there's room for everybody. When it comes to the kingdom of God, there's room for each and every one of us. Can somebody say amen to that? And see, church, we see all throughout the Bible, just as we saw with Gideon, that God uses simple people to do extraordinary things. If we could turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, I want to read one, it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. The Bible says this. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. See, God uses simple people to do extraordinary things. The Bible says right there that, brothers and sisters, consider what you were when you were called. That, it didn't say not, not anybody, but not many of you were wise. Not many of you were wealthy. Not many of you were, you know, these noble people when God called you. It says that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. To confound those who think they are wise. Yeah, man, I, I thank God that he enlists, he, he chooses some very simple people to be used for his honor and for his glory. How many thank God that, that he chooses some simple people? I don't know about you, church, but I feel like I'm a very simple person. I'm not too special. I'm, very, I'm just a very simple person that has said yes to God. I've said yes to whatever God wanted to do within my life. I was lost. I was hurting. I was broken. I was strung out on substances before God called me. God, cho God chooses very simple people. That's why we're here this morning. God chooses simple people. Man, when I think about our ministry, I, I, I see that God has chosen to use simple people to do extraordinary things. Simple people like our founders, Pastor Sonny and Sister Julie. Simple people that came from very humble backgrounds to do great things for God. Just like Pastor Eric shared this morning, that Victory Outreach is, is all over the world. Over, I believe, 40, 30, 40 countries around the world, hundreds of churches. But God chose to use very simple people. When we look at the, the body of Christ, God has uh, uh, raised up many that came from very simple backgrounds to do awesome, extraordinary things. Can somebody give God praise for that? That's good news. That's good news for us. Man, when God chose me, I was beat up from the feet up, like they say, right? Tore up from the floor up. 
these, uh, these, these, these little phrases, you know, they're pretty funny. See, but I thank God that he not only revealed to me my true identity, but he gave my life meaning when he enlisted me into his army. And see, when you're enlisted into God's army, church, you have to see that now you have a mission. You have a mission and your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. Right? How, how many know that our lives have purpose and meaning in the kingdom? When we're enlisted into this battle, right, it's a spiritual battle, right? Paul talks about it in the New Testament, a spiritual battle. He says it's, it's a good fight. He said fight the good fight. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. But he talks about the spiritual journey, the, the, the experience of a believer as a battle. And how many of you know that you and I are enlisted into this heavenly army? Come on, can somebody say amen? You and I have been enlisted. You and I have been selected. You and I have been chosen to make a difference, to fight the good fight of faith in our lives. And you know, church, I believe that we all have to ask ourselves this question at the end of the day. How will we use what God has given us to advance the kingdom while we push back on the kingdom of darkness? How will we use what God has given us? See, because we've been enlisted. We've been chosen. And not everybody's going to be a pastor. Not everyone's going to be a missionary. Not everyone is going to uh, uh, do different things uh, in, in the church. Maybe there's some, of course, you could be involved. And there's, uh, but that might, need, not, might not be your full-time calling. But God needs uh, 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 spiritual people, spiritual accountants, right? Doctors, lawyers, whatever your profession is, God needs believers in all facets of society. How will you use what God has given you to advance the kingdom as we push back on the kingdom of darkness? See, because you and I live in some dark times. You and I, we live in some cro crooked, twisted, wicked times. Right, much like the time of Gideon. See, the Bible says the Israelites had did evil in the sight of the Lord. See, but God chose him. How many know you've been chosen? You've been selected. See, and church, when God reveals our true identity to us, he enlightens us to who we really are. He enlists us into his army, but also this, he empowers us for the battle that we're going to fight. He empowers us for the battle that we're going to fight. And see, when God was... First calling Gideon in verse 14, keep referring to verse 14, highlight it if you want. The angel of the Lord told Gideon, go with the strength that you have to rescue Israel. See, but then if you look all the way down later in the chapter, so from verse 14 to verse 34, in verse 14, God was telling Gideon, go with the strength you have. And then in verse 34, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon in power. First, God told him, go with the strength that you have. Go with the strength that you have on your own. See, but then later, once, see, once he did that, later on, the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon in power. And you know what that tells me, church, is that once Gideon stepped out, then God stepped in. God told Gideon, step out, basically step out on your own strength. Go with the strength that you have. 
And see, once Gideon did that, he was empowered for the battle that he was going to fight. The Bible says that he was clothed in power. See, church, I don't know about you, but I know that, man, I cannot do anything apart from the power of God. There's nothing that you and I can do apart from the power of God within our lives. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up at this time. See, church, once you and I decide that we're going to take a stand for God within our lives, once we decide that we're going to take a stand for God within our families, once we've decided we're going to take a stand for God in our communities, in our marriages, with our children, once we take that first step, I know that God will meet us. Sometimes we're not sensing the strength of God. Right, but God might be saying, just, just step out, like you told Gideon. Step out in the strength that you have right now. Step out in the strength that you have currently, and I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to clothe you with the power that you need to do what I've called you to do. Just step out. Just step out. Just take that first step. Man, I thank God that he empowers us for the battles that we fight. I know that I would not be able to accomplish anything, anything worthwhile apart from God. You know, just like the, the Lord said in Zechariah 4, 6, I believe it is, it says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by our might, it's not by our power, it's not by what we have in and of ourselves. It's by the Spirit of God that we're able to do what God has called us to do. Jesus said in John 15, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Somebody say nothing. And I could do nothing apart from God. I could do nothing apart from him, apart from his spirit. Man, I thank God that God gives us the power that we need for the battle. God gives us godly confidence as we, as we, as we step out and we sense his power. We have confidence to do what he's called us to do. How many know that's good news, church? You know, I love what the Bible says in Proverbs 3.26. It says, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The Lord will be your confidence. See, what you and I need is, is, is not confidence in self, but it's confidence in God. Not confidence in in self, but confidence in God. To do what God has called us to do, to be the people that God has called us to be, we need godly confidence. We have to step out of that, that encouragement, that wine press of death. Right? Step out of that wine press of, of discouragement, that wine press of doubt, offering all these different excuses of why we can't do this or why we can't do that or why God can't come through on his promise, or why God can't use our lives. 
to step out of that wine press and say, yes, God, I believe that you could use me. Yes, God, I believe that I, that I could be that mighty man of valor. I believe that I could be that mighty woman of God. I believe that I could be used, right, to do extraordinary things. Not by myself, but if you're with me. See, God just didn't just tell Gideon. He said, he didn't just say, I'm sending you. But he said, I'm going to be with you. I mean, there's a difference. If I just know that God just sent me somewhere, but that he wasn't with me there. But he says, I'm not just sending you, I'm going to be with you. And I believe that we all, in some form or fashion, may struggle with doubt, fear, insecurity, that maybe we can't do what God has called us to do. We could never be this person, right, that God has called us to be. See, but God's word, when God words, God's word comes into our life and God reveals our true identity to us, we experience something amazing. Our minds get enlightened. We experience the power of God. We, we, uh, we, we step into a new place in our walks with God. I mean, you know, we need that. I believe we all need that. And we can all stand at this time, church. No, and I don't know uh, if many could relate to this topic this morning, but I, I really sense that sense. This is what he has for us. They're, they're right in front of us, in a sense. But sometimes the greatest thing that limits us is ourselves. The greatest thing that hinders us oftentimes is ourselves. A lack of faith. Bunch of doubt. Insecurity. See, but I believe that God is trying to minister to many and, 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 and place within the spirits of many here this morning that I could use you just like I use Gideon, just like I use the simple men and women of God in the Bible to make a difference. That God could use you and I to make a difference in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities, whatever that looks like, for you to use what you have to expand the kingdom to advance the kingdom and to push back against this evil generation. And one thing I've decided, man, I want my life to be used for the honor and glory of God. I want to make an impact in this dark world. I want to stand, take a stand for God in this wicked culture. Me, I'm a person, I, I, I probably love politics a little too much. I, I follow what's going on in the news probably a little too much. But I sense evil all around me in this world, especially in this country. I mean, I don't live in any other country. But, but you could see it all around us. And I want to take a stand for God. I want to be the person that God has called me to be.
I don't just want to live 70 years or 80 years on this earth or being a productive member of society and just, just worked a nine to five and that was it. Just being a productive member of society. I want to make a difference in the kingdom. Even if I'm working a, a full-time job, I want to make a difference in that job. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying occupations are bad. Whatever, in whatever you do, in whatever you put your hands to, determine that you're going to make a difference for God. Come on, step out of the wine press of your mind, church. Step out of the wine press of discouragement, of doubt, of insecurity, of low self-esteem, and say, yes, God, I'm going to receive you at your word, and I'm going to do what you call me to do. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray this message builds your faith, encourages, and strengthens you in your walk with the Lord. If you would like to partner with us, sow a seed today. Head on over to our website at voboston.org and hit the giving link located at the top of the page. God bless you.